0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. What up, Matt? How's it going, brother? Glad to be back. I missed last week, and uh, you in your solo... and dolo. Yeah, your solo, uh, first ever solo pod, absolutely killed it i felt like it was a masterclass in the top three wide receivers of this year's rookie class of quinton johnston jackson smith jigba and jordan Anderson there i thoroughly enjoyed listening to it as someone who as the most Broto listeners know at this point me and the bros are uh, redraft focused so we try not to get into rookies too much until we need to to keep like a clear mind that's completely different with dynasty Matt is uh, deep into this. um, (laughs) Super Bowl hasn't even been played yet. (laughs) Yeah, which is way better for the Dynasty folk listening here. And uh, if you haven't listened to that pod, it's not like it's going to be irrelevant anytime soon until basically the NFL draft. um, Once NFL landing spots hit.
1: Hopefully, my predictions with those draft capitals stick as well.
0: Yeah. So once the actual landing spots hit, that's the only time I guess it w- may change the outlook a little bit. But otherwise, go listen to that at basically any time. And Good job, Matt. Your first solo pod Appreciate was a mother. success, I think. And yeah, the, my, in the my heart was racing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the Dynasty mailbag was, uh, was fun as well. With that being said, it's me and Matt here today. We are going to be bringing you a Super Bowl preview. We're going to be highlighting some props that we like and a long shot prop that we like as well. And then we are going to be looking at the uh, the fun Super Bowl props of like uh, Rihanna's first song and national anthem and Gatorade color and all that good stuff. Um, This episode, of course, is brought to you the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Go download that app if you do not have it. Like I said. Dynasty Matt over here is going to be doing a lot of Dynasty content throughout the offseason, and that's going to be all available on the app at any point. You could go on the app and look at the complete stats from the 2022 season, 2021, all the way dating back from five years. You can get any stat you want, basically, from the last five years of any player. NFL player comps are going to be coming out as well, um, which have been successful and a nice little, you know, Nice little way to check out so another beautiful. another avenue of uh of outcomes for rookies because we don't just look at size and speed, we also look at college production and things of that sort. Not gonna give away the secret recipe, but yeah, that's coming up to soon, uh, soon too. So check that out at Fantasy Football by Broto on any app store. And that's that, Matt. We are in to Super Bowl week. The Super Bowl has arrived. The Chiefs and the Eagles. I, I, I mean, think
1: half it, of who I predicted to be here is here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people were going into this playoff thinking the Chiefs were the favorite. And now a lot of people are thinking the Eagles are the better team. Do you think this uh, you think that's something that people have been looking at or ha- have, has your mind changed on these two teams at all since the playoffs started seeing the Mahomes injury and the Eagles just pure dominance?
1: I mean, the injury is probably what has changed my disposition towards the, the Chiefs chances more than anything. But he also played Mahomes played his ass off against the Bengals and was scrambling and, and you know, obviously looked compromised, but was still putting it all out on the field. You know, that old idiom and cliche, he certainly lived up to. Um, that said, it's like, I, you know, my preseason predictions were Eagles, Bills, Super Bowl. Like, it just felt like the Eagles had everything you need from a Super Bowl winning team. They have an absolutely nasty offensive line coupled by a nastier defensive line on the other side, an MVP caliber quarterback, two dominant wide receivers. I think the Eagles are the better team. and And if you look at statistically just on paper as their game to game averages go, the Eagles are the better team.
0: When, with that being, with that being said, I, I guess I'll I'll dive into my uh my outlook for this game. So the game we're looking at, of course, is the Super Bowl Eagles and Chiefs. Right now, the Eagles are minus one and a half in this one. Um, so basically, kind of like a toss up, but a little bit favored to the Philadelphia side with an over under of fifty and a half, which is pretty high. Just thinking of this right now, I wish I looked it up, but this has to be one of the higher over unders in the Super Bowl in recent memory. I think like 50 and a half is pretty high um but maybe maybe i'm just bugging out and i'm uh not thinking clearly but it seems no, like I it's mean, a little it, high <laughs> it
1: is pretty high but it's also the the first overall offense in in yards and points and then the second overall offense in yards and third overall offense and points so like i, I it it the actual over under is below their combined scoring averages per game
0: um Oh, we're back.
1: <laughs> Did you, you skipped out a little on me.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you might have just got a couple black screens there for a second. Why, also, I forgot to mention we are now on YouTube as well, creating YouTube Go shorts out. as well. Those have been getting YouTube shorts getting are some fire. Traction. fire. Yeah, those have yeah, been getting, are getting some some. traction, too. It's, it's it, been nice.
1: They were popping up in my own algorithm. It was really nice to see. I was like, whoa, that's my face. What's that? Yeah, like I was, It was shocking, but also encouraging.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so check us out on youtube.com slash proto as well. Easy enough. You just have to put our name after the backslash. But for this game, it's to me, it comes down to the quarterback position. Again, you got Patrick Mahomes on one side, who's the goat and Jalen Hurts on the other side, who has absolutely blossomed into a star this season. I don't think any I don't think you could argue that at this point, like Jalen Hurts is a, a dog as the he's the complete package. Kids man. would say, yeah, he really is. And with that offense around him. He's been absolutely balling this year. A lot of people are saying, you know, the Eagles have had a very easy stretch to get to this place. They faced the the New York Giants, who they they were a surprise team this year, a Cinderella story, but maybe they shouldn't have made it as far as they did, which I think is a, a decent gripe. But nonetheless, they were a playoff team. And then they got the 49ers, where Brock Purdy got hurt very early in the game. Josh Johnson came in. Did not perform admirably at all. And then Brock Purdy came in and became just a handoff machine because he tore his UCL. Um, now, I, I really don't
1: like victory lapping injuries, and I want to preface that this is certainly not what I'm doing. But is that not a part of the dominance that you can get to a quarterback so early and so dominantly that you literally knock him out of the game? That's why I hate people yeah. discounting that their win over the 49ers so much. Like, I genuinely I, I genuinely see that as, like, a fair win. Like, that's how you beat a team.
0: The, the funny thing to me was all of these uh these Brock Purdy haters were like, you know, the 49ers are they're just so good that Brock Purdy can be terrible or even even if he is terrible, he's just playing well because of that. And then Brock Purdy gets what injured the- and everyone's like. Oh, how are the 49ers supposed to win without a quarterback? Oh, now
1: Brock Purdy's good enough? Like, what are you talking about? What about how, how the Eagles made that number one overall defense look? Yeah, like exactly. People people are discounting what happened on the opposite side of the ball as well. Like, Brock Purdy could have stayed healthy the, for the entire time. You think he's putting up 41 against the Eagles?
0: Yeah, and before <laughs> Purdy even got hurt, Hassan Reddick was living in that backfield. Exactly. Like, it was it was absurd. They had like backup tight ends trying to block Hassan Reddick, who is like up there for one of the best defenders in the league this year. Mind-boggling to me. Um, but now that brings us to the this this week's game. The Eagles are obviously a very very high potent team all across the board, and then you have the Chiefs, who their defense is always decent, but it's nothing to uh, be super scared of. And then the offense obviously revolves all around Patrick Mahomes, who has turned. No Tyreek Hill into whoever your name is, I'll get you the ball anyways this year and still throw for 5,000 yards. Everyone and, and Travis Kelsey, of course. I I think this is going to be a very pass heavy game. I don't think this, and this is, I'll get into this more with the props later. I think it's going to be a battle of the quarterbacks. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to need to absolutely dominate through the air to win this game against Philly if they're not able to get it going i don't think they're going to be able to rely on Isaiah Pacheco and company um to win this game especially with the uh with the defense that Philly has like they're going to have to beat them over the top several times this game i think and or a small chunk gains like they're just going to need they're going to need to put together offensive drives where Patrick Mahomes does things where you're like wow nobody else could do that in this league um and i am I'm siding with Patrick Mahomes here. I'm siding with the better quarterback. I tend to side with the better quarterback in these very close matchups just because the quarterback position is the most important position in the uh, in the league. I think this has a shootout-type game written all over it, even though the Philly defense is so strong. Um, Patrick Mahomes is equally as strong himself, and now he has the second week to recover from the injury that he dealt with. And uh, the other guys could get healthier too. I mean, Michael Hardman's on IR now, but Juju could get a little healthier. Kadarius Tony could get a little healthier. Right. I think and
1: that, that was. I think that's essentially one of the biggest narratives is the the health of the the Chiefs in general, yeah. their receivers and, and and Mahomes, and I mean as as far as Andy Reid is bloating or goading, gloating. There we go. Found it. <laughs> gloating to the media is his team's looking pretty healthy in practice.
0: Yeah. And I. Uh, so for me, it's. I said the Chiefs and Bengals game last week. I thought it would be a, a a really tough game, and it'll come down to like a field goal at the end, whichever team wants it more. That's basically exactly what happened. The Chiefs ended up getting a... Uh, oh, we haven't even discussed that that play at the end of the game by that Cincy defender. I've forgotten his name already. No disrespect, but hitting Patrick Mahomes out of bounds... Yeah, I think so. Hitting Mahomes Mm -hmm. out of bounds there was just a very, very bad play. But nonetheless, Kansas City has moved on. I think it's going to be a similar game here, maybe a little bit more high scoring. Um, So for me, I'd bet uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. I'd bet on the Chiefs' money line here. I don't think you need the point and a half. Just take the extra change there um, and take the money line. If they do end up winning by one point, I'm sorry. But I would take the Chiefs' (laughs) money line here. Yeah. Chiefs yeah, money I mean, line I'll, and uh, I'll flip uh, that and
1: say I'd probably I'll probably
0: take the Eagles. and the over the over 50 and a half. I was going to say, yes. Matt, I'm going to pass it on to you now because I feel like you're on the <laughs> Eagles side of this here. I, I
1: am. And I mean, I already mentioned one of the major narratives, but the, the other major narrative that I wanted to, to break down before we you know, left the Super Bowl matchup or while we were. Talking about the Super Bowl matchup is is the trench battle, and and if, everybody always says like you know defenses win championships <laughs> and, and things of that nature.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're both up. trying. To, <laughs> yeah. all, right, all
1: right, yeah, yeah. So you know defenses win championships, and the trench battle is is obviously a major key factor here and and if you look at it like the, the Eagles are ranked first in adjusted defensive efficiency against the past this season Mahomes is coming off you know the the ankle injury a high ankle sprain that usually takes 4 to 6 weeks to recover from but he's made rapid recoveries and did have the extra 2 weeks um obviously from the AFC championship so you know, now he's kind of on that four week time frame like it has been four weeks. So if Andy Reid is saying that like Mahomes is much healthier and looking much healthier, then maybe we're looking too deep into that injury. Um, But it's still the Eagles defensive line. And that trench battle is like the Eagles lead the NFL in sacks, 70 sacks this season. But second in sacks this season was 15 behind them with 55 but none other than the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's a trench battle on both sides. You're looking at two of the best offense or defensive lines at getting to the quarterback in the NFL, one quarterback that may be potentially compromised with his mobility, but also Philadelphia's offensive line, there's no bones about it, is much better than Kansas City as a whole. You have three all-pro players anchoring it in Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and Jordan Maialata. And Young Landon Dickerson and Isaac Simo, I'm never going to pronounce his name, Simo Malu, (laughs) they're both obviously phenomenal assets in themselves. Now, Lane Johnson is dealing with that groin tear. He's obviously going to suit up as he's been suiting up the whole time and been getting away with some interesting false starts. But that trench battle to me is what is going to be the most defining thing. And I'm not entirely sure because we saw Cincinnati get to him a few times. I'm not entirely sure that Kansas City's offensive line is going to hold up um, against Hassan Reddick and company. And I know it's a very similar soundbite that I had when the 49ers were playing the Eagles, but it's true. He's a def- all-pro defensive player of the year candidate, and he has been wreaking havoc on backfields all season and did it at ease against one of the other better offensive lines in San Francisco. They're going to put pressure on Mahomes. And healthy or not, compromised ankle or not, no quarterback can escape what Hassan Redick and company
0: bring. I hear you. Um, I do hear you there. Like, I do think there's a clear path to Philly winning this game as well. Um, The issue I have here is that I side with the quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and I also side with the coach in Andy Reid. If you look at Andy Reid's history after bye weeks, the guy basically doesn't lose, and this is basically a bye week. They get two weeks to prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's a— Battle of Andy Reid or Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. Nick Seriani is creating a very fine resume in his own right, um, but he's not Andy Reid. And Andy Reid is paired with uh, paired with Pashma Holmes. They've become a, just a super dynamic tandem. And they, no matter what defense they faced in the past, they've been able to operate an offense that was able to counter whatever the defense has thrown at them. So if they bring a lot of pressure, they'll they'll get the ball into Kadarius Tony's hands quick. They'll use jet McKinnon out of the backfield on a swing pass. And they have all these plays, these like gadget type plays where it's hilarious. Like you saw that play last week where they, uh, Travis Kelsey literally flipped it back to Jarek McKinnon on the Bengals side of the field. That was absolutely hysterical. And I was like, I love it. Like they're like, I think it was drawn up. Travis Kelsey's always looking to flip it back, which me and Jason keep saying, we think that's something that's going to become more popular in the, uh, in the, NFL over the next coming years working that into the game plan but I just think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid as a combo stand out a little bit more than Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and if the Eagles do win it is going to be because Hassan Redick and company get to Patrick Mahomes early and often um either way I think this game is going to be a just a tremendous game I don't think this is going to be one of those blowout Super Bowl games where everyone at the party is like well that's stunk. I think it's going to be a very, very fun game to watch and a very high caliber game to watch with the, the chiefs just barely pulling it out at the end there. But Matt, you got the Eagles. I got the chiefs. How do you feel about the, uh, the over under I have the over.
1: I, I think the over as well. Yeah, I think the over as well. And as, as I was alluding to earlier, their are combined um, point averages per game. I think it's 29.1 and 28.3. So their combined. Just averages are well over. And, and, as much as I was touting the Eagles' defense, obviously, first is efficiency, and, and I could see both quarterbacks potentially having maybe one turnover. Or I shouldn't say quarterbacks, but I think both offenses could potentially turn the ball over, which kind of just lends to exactly what you're saying, like more shootout, more offensive opportunities for both teams. I think it's going to be a quick-paced game as well um, because of those gadget plays in that Eagles' Is You don't want to allow Hassan and company to set up and get in the backfield – to where those, you know, defensive backs, because it is James Bradbury and Darius Slay and yeah. C.J. Gardner Johnson, right? Like where those defensive backs can really read a quarterback's eyes and and, and read the play, right? So, yeah, I, I, I am with you for the game script completely. I just see it, that one little extra possession going towards the Eagles or that, you know, last second field goal, what have you.
0: There you have it, folks. In uh, classic fashion, we are split here on the Super Bowl winner. Hey, I le- as long I do know one thing. One of us is going to be right. Yeah, <laughs> so one of us will be able to uh, to talk shit to each other. I For sure. Before I'm, we I'm move on to it, <laughs> before we move on to the player props, I I missed one week last week, and apparently I forgot how to do this because we always start with news. I completely forgot oh. the start with the news. <laughs> oh yeah, well let's let's get it in. It, we're it, going I think to. It was more,
1: I think it was more important to get the Super Bowl matchup out of the yeah. way. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, so that's that's where my head was at. I didn't forget. I was just thinking, you know, let's get right into the Super Bowl. You no, know, you're being Matt. a good host. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to be focusing on uh, front office moves this time around because that is what is relevant at the time, and this one is uh this one's fun. Um. The Cardinals said they don't plan to hire a head coach until after the Super Bowl this week, which probably means they are eyeing one of the available coaches. They want Beanie. Um, the namely Eric enemy Eagles yep. OC Shane Steichen and Eagles DC Jonathan Gannon. I think it's Jonathan Gannon. Really? I do. Yeah. Okay. I think I think I mean... the Cardinals went with Cliff Kingsbury, the, you know, the flashy young Offensive, offensive minded coach that became a shit show. I think they're gonna go with Jonathan Gannon here, try to turn things around through their defense, um, try to get more of a, uh, you know, grind out football style like Dan Campbell esque Lions. I, I, I,
1: you know what? I, I think you could be, you definitely could be right, especially when you look at his impact in the linebacker room and the fact that Will Anderson and or Jalen Carter is, is certainly looking like they're going to land in the Cardinals lap there because of how high the Cardinals pick is after they crapped out. Yeah. I, I, I I definitely could see that. And them trying to bring in a a bit of a different culture altogether where their defense has certainly been a liability for them. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that I think all three of the options that you just mentioned, and obviously we're going to have a little bit of extra bias towards them as they're coaching in the biggest game of the year, but all three of those guys should be top priority guys for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah. And uh Jonathan Gannon is a pretty young dude, but he's only been the DC for the for the Eagles for two years. I mean, and you saw it last year. And the last two years of the yeah, yeah. Have like last they really year, turned but last year they were very good. Um and then this year they've just been absurd. Um and similar to D'Amico Ryan's like actually well, the Eagles do have more flashy names than the 49ers did on in their secondary and their uh their front seven, but Nonetheless, I like it was a team that could should be solid, but you don't know if they if they had a different defensive coordinator if they would have been as dominant um as they were this year. So, we'll see. You're on Eric Bieniemy, I'm on Jonathan Gannon. Yeah.
1: And and obviously Bieniemy for the the simple fact of fantasy points. <laughs> I think it's genuinely just a, a, a fantasy points play. I love me some Kyler Murray, some Rondale Moore, um, some Marquise Brown, assuming also I would assume that DeAndre Hopkins being traded would coincide with whatever other free um, free agent and offseason move and offseason moves that they're making. So,
0: yeah, we got ourselves a general manager hire. GM hires are always fun. The Titans Also saying, I want something from you, San Fran. The Titans have hired 49ers director of player personnel, Ran Carthen as their GM. Carthen's been with the 49ers since 2017 as their director of player personnel. And I can't think of a team that has done more with their players over the last five years than the 49ers. 100%. Um, It seems like this is a very smart hire for Tennessee. I yeah, especially I, after what like, their
1: last GM did.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the Titans are clearly trying to turn things around at this point. But yeah, this seems like a solid hire for Tennessee going after someone who's been a uh, really very solid in his position at a uh, at San Fran, where San Fran has just been churning out ridiculously great, talented front office members for years now. Yeah. Um. Next up, I'm um, we're using NBC Sports Edge by the way, um, using their Roto feed for these head office news and notes. Um, Is there anything I'm forgetting, Matt, and any coaches that you want to discuss or – on the, the the solo pod, so go check that out. We did cover
1: a little bit of the the Sean Payton uh, to the Broncos and D'Amico Ryan to the Texans, which I think are probably the two biggest. Even as the season off season goes on, those are the two biggest hires around the NFL that you're going to see. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Ravens. The Ravens need a new OC. Like they uh, they really that should be one of the most interesting and priority hires that fans should be looking out for. But again, I think they are really waiting for that Eric B enemy um, negotiation window to open up.
0: Yeah. I did want to add one more here that I forgot about that. I just remembered, which is fun. And that's that the Ravens hired Sashi Brown as the new team president. And if you don't know, Sashi Brown, he was the, uh, how do I put this for the Browns? He was the guy that everyone was like, Yeah, Sashi Brown is doing what we want. He was just taking basically trying to rack together picks. <laughs> he was doing the like analytical style in the front office of just shitting the bed, trying to collect as many picks as he could. Um it doing the kind Sam of Presti. Yeah, it kind of worked. Um with that year, where Baker Mayfield was decent and the Browns like were actually decent, but the Browns are a shit show, so it didn't actually ever work. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no overcoming that level of poverty, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So with that being said, I'm that, that's an interesting hire. If if he's gonna turn his uh his career around, it would be with the uh with the team like the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but with that being said, that's the the coaching news. Um. We already discussed the Super Bowl, so now we're going to get into our Super Bowl prop picks. This is going to be three from each of us, three, uh, three picks that aren't over the top crazy, like you know, yeah. where people are regular putting prop together act. plus forty five thousand parlays and <laughs> like, bro, this is gonna hit, bro. Um, and then we're gonna have a long shot each as well. That one's a little bit more this is going to hit bro type style. Um, so Matt, why don't you hit us with your, uh, your first prop bet? And these are prop bets that we, uh, we liked, we, we studied the game and that we liked the best. So, I mean, I'm going to be putting money on the prop bets I speak about. So it's uh it's not something we just uh, took out of the, back pocket and oh this looks good yeah
1: (laughs) i do want to preface that i actually have money on these lines yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and and, you know my my first one because of the game script that we laid out and that i think it's going to be a little bit faster paced a a little bit more pass heavy um and that's uh jarek mckinnon's combined receiving and rushing yards which is at 42 and a half for minus 110 um i for one i really into Jarek McKinnon kind of taking over the Super Bowl role a little bit from Isaiah Pacheco anyway. We saw his rushing attempts go up throughout the playoffs as well, just because of the downs that they have Jarek McKinnon in on and some of the audible plays that they use. He's a better pass blocker th- than Isaiah Pacheco for sure. And we've seen Pacheco be such an explosive runner. I know they're gonna want to get him utilized on early downs and try and control the clock. And, and if they get up towards the end of the game, he'll certainly have his overs maybe come a little bit closer. Um not to get too much into his overs, because I know Mike has something something cooking up there. But yeah, like Jarek McKinnon, it's the combined as well. If they're passing a little bit more frequently, which we think that they're going to, uh, Jarek McKinnon is going to be a top weapon in that offense. And that's also because Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and obviously Hardman now being on injured reserve are all banged up. And as is Kelsey, he had a, a back injury that kept him limited and missed practice actually leading up to the AFC Championship. So they've all been on the injury report leading up to the Super Bowl. Um, I I think Jarek McKinnon being the most healthy and certainly, you know, look at how he finished out the season and how efficient he's been throughout the playoffs as well. They're most efficient and effective pass catcher um, beyond Travis Kelsey, obviously. Yeah, I I think it's an absolute smash to combine his rushing and receiving yards to be over 42 and a half.
0: I like that one. Um, I my first is going to be. Connected. It's going to be uh what is it correlated as the uh, the betters like to say you got to create correlated bets. My bet here was Isaiah Pacheco under forty six and a half rushing yards at minus one ten. Look, Isaiah Pacheco has been very solid as a rookie um, out of Rutgers this year, late round pick, better than uh, anyone really could have imagined. Immediately getting inserted into that. Role. But look, against Cincy last week, he had 10 rush attempts for 26 yards. Against the Denver Broncos, a good front seven had just 31 rushing yards. Tennessee, which is one of the best front seven, five rushing yards. San Fran, 43 rushing yards. This is dating back um, into previous games prior to the playoffs. The games are Isaiah Pacheco, and he crushed it towards the end of the season as well in uh, in juicy matchups. So if you look at his previous performances, you'll see he's been going over this number quite often. But it's been a been against um worse teams in better scenarios where they've been up and they've been able to run and things of that sort. I'm I'm with Matt where I think Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon was the Super Bowl um was the playoff run hero last year in that backfield. And he's just been continuously getting worked in as the as the season has progressed more and more. I mean the guy scored what, nine touchdowns over the last like eight weeks or so, while Isaiah Pacheco, yes, he's been He's been the main early down back, but like I said earlier in this podcast as well, I think this is going to be a Patrick Mahomes game, a passing game where Patrick Mahomes is going to need to be Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs to win. I don't think this is a game where Isaiah Pacheco is going to be able to find much room, Um, even if he gets 10 rushes like you're he needs to average over four and a half yards per rush to reach that 46 and a half. If he reaches 10 rushes in the game, I'm not certain he's even going to get 10 rushes in the game. Um, and I certainly don't think he's going to be an above average per rush in the game either against that, uh, that stout Philadelphia front seven. So for me, it's, for me, it's a uh, game plan driven. I think, uh, Jack McKinnon's going to get a bunch of work through the air as well. Like Matt mentioned, and I just, I do not see Isaiah Pacheco being a huge factor on the ground, even if he is worked in a little bit to start the game, to try to, Get that ground game going. I just don't see him surpassing forty-six and a half rushing yards. I think the line should be um, a few yards lower. If I'm being honest, I like that it's at forty-six and a half at minus one ten. So basically, it, that's what that's what uh, that's what they do at sports books. You're never going to get a bet that's plus one hundred and plus and plus one hundred. They got to get the vig in there. So I like Patch. Uh, excuse me, Isaiah Pacheco under forty-six and a half as my first uh, prop bet in this one, which correlates to you, Matt, with your Jarek McKinnon selection
1: yeah i know and I, I do think that they're especially in super bowl matchups man i this is when they really like you start to see i mean one of the examples i guess i, I kind of really like to give even though it's a, a little bit more unrelated though but it's like james white's mvp super bowl performance against the falcons is like when you're in a super bowl matchup it really is just like you're throwing all committees in, in all like you know game plans out the window so to speak and it's really just get your best player the ball over and over and over again in these positions and that's where I think Jarek McKinnon comes in over Isaiah Pacheco a lot in this matchup especially in a pass heavy. Yeah. Um, and I also and, I also
0: wanted to add oh, okay. real quick I forgot to mention this could be absolutely nothing it could just be in insurance for injury and such but the Chiefs also activated Clyde Edwards-Helaire off IR um Heading into the Super Bowl, so even if he gets one or two rushes stolen away from Isaiah Pacheco, that could be the difference of three or four yards, and that could be percent That could be a three or four yards is big when it comes to betting total yards. So that's that. But Matt, hit us with your second prop bet here. So I mean.
1: Mine's a little correlated as well, and I'm gonna kind of just bring it as like a combined thing because when I wrote it in the chat, I, I wrote just uh Miles Sanders over four and a half receiving yards, and it, it's minus one ten, and that's kind of like one of the lowest lines of, of any yardage total that you're gonna see in the Super Bowl. It's because he hasn't had over four yards. I mean, his listen to his receiving totals for like the last six games. It's three yards, zero yards, zero yards, zero yards, zero yards six minus thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. So. Uh- yeah obviously it's it's you know it's a gamble and that's what we're here but it's one check down that's literally like my 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 logic here it's one check down in what I presume to be a pass heavy matchup where Miles Sanders is actually going to get the bulk of the workload over you know, Kenneth Gainwell, who, yeah, we saw Kenny get a lot of run in these playoffs. Um, but a lot of that is correlated to garbage time as well, where the Eagles have dominated all of their matchups allow it. Cause it's not like, like Miles Sanders against the 49ers, those two rushing touchdowns. It's not like Gainwell was in any of those formations until they were up by 28. Um, And then obviously eight in the same thing against the Cowboys, the same thing against the Giants, or the same thing against the Giants, rather. Um, Yeah, that said, I also am absolutely in love with Kenneth Gainwell's combined receiving and rushing totals being just 22 and a half yards at minus 115. I think that and Sanders at over just four and a half yards receiving... Obviously, Jalen Hurts doesn't check down very much because of the way that he uses his legs. Um, Phenomenal rusher. There's no denying that Jalen Hurts can take any play and turn it into absolute magic by just rolling out of the pocket and sprinting up the sideline. But with the pressure that Kansas City's defense, as I alluded to earlier, they do have 55 sacks in the season. That is second in the NFL behind only the Eagles. They're going to put pressure on him. They're going to put pressure on him from the interior. Um, That's going to, I think, open up a little bit more of these swing outlets for Kenneth Gainwell for Miles Sanders. Um, I think both of them hit their overs uh, as far as receiving and combined
0: yards go. Interesting. Very interesting. And that was minus 110, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: I I had to break down his receiving totals because it's not like you're playing it like, look, he's hit it two out of the last five times. No, that's not the case. It, eh. It's it's very much game script based and kind of one of those things again where I I really do see Sanders hitting around that seventy percent, seventy five percent snap share in, in this game. That it's not going to be as much of a committee. But that said disrespecting what Kenneth Gainwell has done in these playoffs to have his combined rushing and receiving as like 22 and a half yards. I I think that's a little too low as well.
0: No, I hear you. I, uh, I have a Miles Sanders bet as well. Apparently we're, uh, we're, yeah, this
1: is why I didn't actually take his combined yards, which is the one that I wanted, but I was going to let you like kind of rebut me here. So
0: yeah, I'm, uh, I guess you could say not directly opposite because you went receiving. I went rushing here. My pick was Miles Sanders under 61 and a half rushing yards at minus 110. Look, Miles Sanders has surpassed 61 and a half rushing yards in two of his last six games. My issue with Miles Sanders is, yes, he's very up and down. But two times this year, Miles Sanders has surpassed 61 and a half rushing yards on less than 17 carries. So he's either been worked hard in these games or he's been utilized lightly. Um, and do we think Miles Sanders is going to be in a position where he gets 15 plus carries against KC in the Super Bowl? I mean, last week they blew out San Fran. He got 11 carries. He scored two touchdowns. He looked good. But we've seen the you were talking about Kenneth Gainwell getting burned last week as well. Like we saw Boston Scott come in, um, score a touchdown against the Giants. He got some work last week against San Fran. Like they like to move this backfield around. Jalen Hurts runs a bunch himself. This is a game where I expect passing to be king. Um, so Miles Sanders reaching 61 and a half rushing yards. Like I said, two times this year, he surpassed that on less than 17 carries. Like, that is not like 17 carries is not something I see miles Sanders even coming close to getting to. And the Kansas city front seven is not like they, they can be run against. I just don't think miles Sanders is going to be in line here to have a big rushing game. I think Jalen hurts and company are going to need to air it out. Jalen hurts is going to have to use his legs. Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott are going to mix in. I could see miles Sanders getting 12 carries or so for like 50, 55 yards. I just don't, really see a path to him going over 61 and a half unless he breaks out a long run um which is always that which is always a possibility but nonetheless i think miles sanders here at minus 110 value um at 61 and a half i think the under is is very enticing and that's something i'm going to be uh betting on myself here
1: yeah, I I kind of find it a little difficult to argue with those points, but that's, I mean, back to that game script is kind of why I like his total yardage more for maybe that one big rush play. And, and I do think uh-huh. he gets utilized like that, you know, and, and that's kind of where we differ is, is I do think he kind of gets utilized more as a workhorse in that we see him on all three downs and. You know he's the safest one. Gainwell has had some fumble issues. Boston Scott is Boston Scott. Yes. Um, you know, so I, I really do think in a Super Bowl where he's also didn't get his fifth year option picked up, they're not really concerned about his health moving forward. Like, do you know what I mean? It really is just fair one enough, of those fair. business decisions where it's like. Now he gets 90% of the touches because what are we waiting for? And um, he's
0: not going to complain about getting 90% of the touches in the Super No, Bowl. <laughs> of not.
1: exactly, exactly. I mean, especially yeah. without your fifth-year option. If you can somehow turn yeah. that opportunity share into what could be considered an MVP game. Anyway, yeah, so a lot of, yeah, of course, a lot of my my pushback is a little narrative-based, but that, that's kind of do how, how, I, how I do see this game playing out with those opportunity shares being so... Yeah garbage time based i suppose is really the analysis that i want to go with there i don't think gainwell gets that same burn in a close game um my final prop though and I think this one is legitimately free money. So let me get big screen here.
0: <laughs> yeah, Matt, you uh you put in all caps, free money when he chose this. Yeah. One.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't see how it's, it's even set as anything under a full sack. But Hassan Reddick to have half a sack. So over 0.25 is minus 150 going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, minus odds, obviously. But take that all day, all night. Hassan Reddick is going to get to Patrick Mahomes. Um, Sam Hubbard and, and TJ Hendrickson, or... Yeah, had no problem getting to Trey Hendrickson, had no problem getting to um, Patrick Holmes last week. Obviously, the ankle was a little compromised. We expect him to be a little bit healthier here. But that said, the Eagles defensive line is much better and their front seven is much better than the Bengals. Um, Kansas City's offensive line has certainly improved throughout the season and shown steady improvement as they work together as a full unit and everybody continues to be healthy. Um, but they are not... And I mean, no offensive line is 70 sacks is a real problem, but they are not the best offensive line in the league. The the Eagles will create pressure. They are the most innovative blitzing team in the NFL. They are going to get to them. And the guy that they open up the most, avenues and lanes to get to the quarterback is their most phenomenal athlete that is hassan reddick he is being widely disregarded as one of the best defensive players in the uh, in the nfl i really think he should have been higher in voting for defensive player of the year um congratulations to bosa for taking that one home likely but hassan reddick deserved all of the credit as well um and easily should have been a top candidate for that award the pressure that the Eagles are going to bring to Kansas City is going to be unrelenting, and all it takes is a half sack. You're talking about a half sack to get your money back here. Like he just has to put his hands on Mahomes, have him fall down, and another one of the Eagles, you know, cause a trip. Like that's it. Um, and he's going to get more than that. Hassan Reddick will have a full sack, and that kind of brings me to a another long shot parlay that I, I didn't actually or play that I didn't actually write down. Um, but a combined uh, full sack and tackle for loss for Hassan Redick is plus money at 200. So he has to get the sack individually and one tackle for a loss from a running back or a, a designed QB run and, you know, plus 200. So I'm taking that as well.
0: I like it. Like minus 150 is uh, quite a bit of juice, but when you could get an almost, uh, I think I think I'm with you where you say it's like almost guaranteed for him to at least get half a sack, right? Even if he... Half a sack. Yeah, even if he uh doesn't get a full sack on his own, that's all you need. And Hassan Redick has been a a demon in the backfield this year, so I like that. Even with the even with the extra juice, my final is more than half a sack a game. So yeah, that's true. Um, my final player prop here I like a lot, and I have a feeling Matt is going to like it a lot too. And that is Devontae Smith. Over 63 and a half rushing yards here at, uh, excuse me, receiving yards here at minus 110. Look, Devontae Smith went over 63 and a half rushing, re- receiving yards in five straight great, five straight games prior to the playoffs. I don't know why I'm like stru- stumbling with my words so much here. Five straight games prior to the playoffs, he hit this mark. And then, against the New York Giants, he opened the game with what was like a 30-something yarder. Um, first pass reception of the game was Devontae Smith. And in case you forgot, because it was three weeks ago, that game was a joke from the start. And Devontae Smith ended up getting 10 targets. He ended up getting ended up ending with 61 receiving yards, so just under the 63 and a half. But nonetheless, if they needed to pass more, he would have clearly went over that number. And then last week against San Fran, he only saw three targets and just 36 yards. But that was a joke of a game. Like, these were blowout games. And I do not think that this Kansas City game is going to be a blowout by any means, they're going to need Devontae Smith to be a factor in this game if they are going to want to win. He's basically been neck-to-neck with A.J. Brown over the second half of the year as uh, as the producer in that offense through the air. And look, Lejarius need clear concussion protocol. He's back. He's their ace uh, cornerback this season. He'll probably line up against A.J. Brown for the most part. You got and you got Trent McDuffie and company. McDuffie's been good this season, but he's a rookie against Devontae Smith, who is just really blossomed into his own in the second year. Like Devontae Smith has been tremendous um as an asset for Jalen Hurts this year and just really proving, really telling all the people who questioned his size, um giving them a nice little uh, look at me now. Um, based on how he's played this season, especially over the second half as the uh, as the offense has taken off, so I think Devonte Smith here is going to be a big part of the passing attack for Philly. Um, sixty three and a half seems a bit low. I I was expecting to be closer to like seventy ish. Um, so I think at minus one ten over sixty three and a half, that's very good value here for Devonte Smith. I think he gets the over here, and something I'm going to be happily be betting at minus one ten.
1: Yeah, I'll be I'll be trailing that that all day. I mean, that was one of the ones that when you got to it first. I was like, "Yep, that's that's the that's the bed." And I mean, you know, for for all arguments to like, like Devonte has been better than AJ Brown towards the, the back half of the season. And if you're going on un, as unfortunate as it is for defenses, if you're going to bracket one of them, you have to bracket the dude that's six foot three, 225 pounds and put up a thousand yards for every team he's played for. Like that's just, you have to bracket AJ Brown. Y- you can try with Devonte, but then you're leaving AJ in one-on-one coverage. And I don't think any team is okay with that. So that, that's yeah. just, it is it's, it's a T Higgins, Jamar Chase situation is like, you just got to pick your boys and you can limit AJ and let Devontae get his or let them both eat.
0: <laughs> yeah, so exactly. And I think it's going to be a high,
1: almost high, like potency in the passing game for both these teams. Almost like that. Um, I, The way that I see Devontae Smith in this game, I don't like to make like similar game comparisons, but almost like how the Buccaneers just allowed Travis Kelsey to get 130 yards, but didn't allow him to score. Like, you know what I mean? Just, it, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's kind of what you just have to let somebody get his, but then, you know, that Ben don't break defense because it, as good as that offense is, or as good as that defense has been Kansas city, um, there's, you just don't have enough players on the field to take care of that many weapons. Dallas Goddard, yeah. Miles Sanders, Jalen hurts on the options and then Devonte and AJ Brown on the outside. So one guy is going to get his, and they're going to have to play Ben don't break. And I think that guy's Devonte Smith.
0: Yeah. Matt, this means we are getting into our long shot parlay. Uh, Not long shot parlays, long shot bets here. I'm going to go first with my long shot bet. It sits in at a nice plus 980. And I like the value a lot here because, look, the bet is any QB to throw for 400 plus yards at plus 980. Obviously, that is a Huge number, especially for a Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes is who I'm really betting on here, not Jalen Hurts. Mahomes has already surpassed this number a couple times this year and did so against the San Francisco vaunted defense earlier in the year as well. Um, and I think if the Eagles, if the Kansas City defense isn't able to keep up with the Philadelphia Eagles offense, this could be one of those 30 plus point games from either side and Patrick Mahomes is going to need to absolutely light it up. And the reason I like this bet so much at plus 980 is that if you go to the alternate lines for Patrick Mahomes to get over 350 passing yards is plus 320. Plus 320 for over 350 passing yards. Maybe. Meanwhile, if you look at this uh fan duel special, you get 400 plus for not plus 980. That is a massive difference for 50 yards and yes, Patrick Mahomes could end with 385 passing yards, have a monster game, but that's no fun. We're taking long shot picks here and at plus 980 like you throw 10 bucks on it, you could net $98 um, on Patrick Mahomes to have a monster game, which is absolutely in the cards, in my opinion. And yes, it's unlikely. That's why it's plus 980. But it uh, tickled my fancy either way. I think he uh, I think <laughs> tickled my fence. I think it's possible. And uh, at plus 980, I'm willing to sprinkle a little bit on there.
1: I like that. I like that one. Mine's even further out of left field and a a very long shot (laughs) and it it, and it kind of hedges my my um i guess it kind of hedges my bet of the the eagles winning as well but my long shot because i wanted to play like you know a first touchdown score for one of my long shot parlays and then i Saw that combined with this first first touchdown score for his team to win it was plus twenty eight hundred. So Juju Smith Schuster to score the first TD and the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl is plus twenty eight hundred. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, certainly a long shot. Juju hasn't really done much. He's been hampered and injured throughout the playoffs. uh, Has cleared injury reports. Is practicing in full. Andy Reid feels really positive about his receiving room with Tony MVS and Juju. He said they were running around the field like maniacs today at practice. So you know, obviously some lauded coach speak that he's going to speak positively about his guys entering the Super Bowl, of course, but it is positive news because I think no news in this situation would have been a little bit worse. Um, yeah, I, I think Juju could easily find the end zone at any point in time this game. Travis Kelsey is the game's favorite tid player to score the first touchdown. Um, But I think if they kind of trickle down the field with these short yardage uh, routes that, you know, Mike and I are kind of thinking that a high paced game with Mahomes getting the ball out quickly because of all the pressure that's coming that Juju in the slot in in those short yardage situations has proven to be very valuable for that team. So I, I think, you know, inside of the 10 inside of the 15 with with one of those slant routes over the middle or a drag route along the side that Juju could find the end zone be sneaky and then. I guess I'm, you know, kind of hedging my 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 Eagles favoritism here, uh, leaning with Mike a little bit because if he scores that first touchdown, they might just run away with that game as well. Um, nah, it'll still be close, but yeah, a Chiefs to win as well just boost that those odds to twenty eight hundred. I guess I kind of can't can't ignore that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like it. I do like it. Juju is being it, slept on, I think, because he has been uh, he's been injured and not playing like, uh, not having a huge effect in the passing game. But if he's healthy. They're going to need him to step up. So I like it. Plus 2,800 is nice, especially if it was yeah, it's it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Say I heard it
1: here first. This, this is a fun one, too. I got to I got to throw this. It's not even really a long shot because I think the odds are just like plus 110. Um, But plus odds for the first touchdown score to have a jersey number over 11 and a half. So that's like no, no juju. Uh, You know, no. I, I can't remember who who else. No, A.J. Brown, no Devontae Smith, no Juju. Um, MVS is out of the picture, too. But like all of the randoms, essentially. And then because Travis Kelsey is obviously 87, he's the favorite to score the first touchdown. I think that's a that's fun an little way one. to way to juice some props
0: here. Yeah, they oh, man, the amount of crazy ideas they come up with for the Super Bowl is hysterical. Like, have you heard think- about this? Octopus bet.
1: I was going to say the octopus is my favorite. <laughs> yeah,
0: the octopus. If you don't know what that is, it's it's called the octopus because eight eight legs. Um, the player has to score the touchdown. So say Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown, and then the team has to go for two, and Travis Kelsey has to be the recipient of the two point conversion. You got it's like plus twelve hundred or something for will there be an octopus in this game? And and like no is like minus eight thousand. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's a hilarious bet. The fact that they just call it an octopus, like That's I was like I was like, Why are why are people betting on an octopus being thrown on the field or something when I initially saw it? And then I saw the explanation for it, which I guess made a little bit more sense. But yeah, there's some crazy some crazy bets. If you have any crazy bets that we haven't discussed, hit us up in the Discord um and let us know. And join the Discord at patreon.com slash proto-fantasy. Cheap plug right there. But now we're gonna get into the uh the uh, more fun style bets like the octopus. Matt, I cannot. Where are these damn bets? I cannot find these Rihanna bets. Like, uh, where did you find these? everybody's bets? talking about them? Uh,
1: you can get some lines on like William Hill and three, six, five. And, and some yeah, of them are more... all
0: over the place. Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: and DraftKings has some very interesting lines as well for Super Bowl, like novelty props. It's under their novelty props bets, but they don't have the, the Rihanna first song or the <laughs> national anthem. I think so. I you got to go all over the place if you want to get real degenerate. Yeah.
0: Um, but the first one, let's see. I'm, I'm pulling up the odds for Rihanna because I could not find this anywhere, but I heard so many people talking about it. All right. So the H- Super Bowl halftime show prop, what will be Rihanna's first song? The top, there's uh, like 10 options here. You got Diamonds at plus 220. You got Don't Stop the Music at plus 245. We Found Love at plus 350. Lift Me Up at plus 430. Believe It at plus 455. What's Believe It? I've never... I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not going to bet, believe it. Um, Where have you been? Plus 505. Umbrella. That's where the money's at. Interesting. Umbrella at plus 645. That's interesting. Work at plus 800. Hate that I love you at plus 1,000. Cheers. Drink to that at plus, <clears throat> plus 1,000. Excuse me. Live your life at 1,400. And bitch better have my money at plus
1: 1,500.
0: Bitch <laughs> better have my money. I... I don't think it's Don't Stop the Music. I feel like that's more of like halfway through type of thing. Like, you think it's going to end? Nope, don't stop the music. Please do yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like the lights go down and everybody's like, oh, what a show. Yeah. We Found Love is a little a little it's slow, too soft. I think it's yeah. a little too soft. Agreed. Yeah. I don't know what Believe It is. Watch it be Believe It. I don't it. even We're know that track. Like, what is this? So-. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Work and Umbrella, I think, are interesting. I think those are umbrella good is value, a huge too. Hit. Umbrella's a huge hit, and, and, and I can see it opening
1: up. To, yep, because it's what broke her to the to the mainstream.
0: I can see it opening up with like because you know they get wild, a big ass umbrella, and she comes up under the umbrella, you know, some crazy shit like that. So my bet yep. here would be umbrella at plus six
1: forty-five. My man? my bet here is uh where have you been at plus five oh five? And I mean somebody already tweeted this so this isn't even my own thought but i thought it was hilarious logic they were like breaking it all down they were like this one was used in the commercial like for umbrella they were like this is what broke her to the mainstream and then for where have you been they were like literally where has she been <laughs>
0: that is true <laughs> and that's what i uh, was like
1: that was good enough logic for me at
0: 505 <laughs> that's great uh jason and Cass. i didn't know i just checked right now we're both on umbrella as well Both so on we Umbrella. three umbrellas and then tim because he can never... He can't even... He has to make a mistake even when he's not on the pod. Decides he's going to pick Disturbia, which isn't on the list. So, Tim is canceled <laughs> out here. <laughs> classic classic maybe, Tim
1: move. I mean, maybe Disturbia is like the only negative odds one. They know what the set list is, bro.
0: I didn't even... know Disturbia is not even on the list. Like, can't what I'm looking it. at. So, you can't even bet him. on. Yeah. Come Diamonds on, is the is the favorite class because
1: i think diamonds is the one that they're using in the commercial correct
0: uh that i don't i don't even know i'm flying blind here kid <laughs> yeah me. <neither. laughs> um next up is heads or tails this is of course the sites have to get their vig here they got to get their rake so on FanDuel, fan duel for instance it's minus 104 for each so no matter what they're gonna make a profit um on
1: dk it's plus 100
0: is it so DK both, is yeah. oh, so DK is saying this one's just for fun for the fans. Nice. Yeah, if you're going to bet it, go to both. DK. That's the yeah. only spot where it's actually 50-50 if it's plus 100 and you're actually uh, getting your money's worth, so to say. Um, Matt, what's your choice? I'm going heads. I'm going heads. Fade heads. the public. The public's on tails,
1: bro, so we got to go heads here.
0: I have always been a tails guy, so I'm going to go tails. When I do the coin toss in my football games, I'm a tails guy. Jason has always been a heads guy, so Jason, of course, picked heads here. But it's funny when Jason used to go do the coin tosses for a football team; he'd always go heads. So whenever I do it, I'd always go tails. So a little bit of a back and forth there. Cass went with tails as well, and Tim, where did what did Tim say with his disturbia pick? Tim said heads as well. Next one, That's the right, super right. o, the. Super Bowl Gatorade colors. So orange, orange has been the biggest so far over the past 50 years or so. It's at plus 250. Yellow slash green is at plus 350. Clear slash water is plus 600. Blue plus 600. Red slash pink plus 650. Purple plus 900. And no Gatorade bath plus 1700. So I have a little bit of logic here. I'm going either yellow slash green or red slash pink because I feel like these teams are going to be picking Gatorade colors of their color, right? So we got green for the Eagles. All right, all right. And and red red for the Chiefs. Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win. Hmm. If you pour red on top of their already fire red uniforms, no one's going to care. It's going to look awesome. So I'm going red pink here for plus 650 the chiefs pulling it out and pouring red all over their red team
1: i think that's excellent logic i I went purely (laughs) but based on flavor um which i prefer the orange gatorade uh that would be my preferred gatorade of choice but i was also thinking like my brain was thinking when tim picked blue i was like there's no way either one of these teams are drinking blue you know how badly that would ruin their jerseys that was literally in my logic So I I like where your head's at, where your head's going with there. But I, I, for some reason, didn't make the connection just to go with team colors.
0: (laughs) I I don't know if that's a a viable. Oh, dude, I
1: I like where you're going here.
0: (laughs) Tim went with blue, which is plus 600. Jason went with orange. Jason went with orange as well at plus 250. And Cass went with yellow slash green at plus 350. So.
1: We'll see. Also, the fact that Vegas or sports books consider yellow and green Gatorade to be the same thing is absolutely asinine. There is a there is like yellow Gatorade.
0: Like it's 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 not green. <laughs> it's yeah. it's yellow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of confused by Dark that too. Vegas. Yeah. Um. Lastly, the Super Bowl national anthem. Let me pull this up. What the odds are here? All right. Last year, it was a minute. And 55 seconds this year. Chris Stapleton is doing it. One of the mm-hmm. uh the premier country one singers. of the
1: best voices in the history of music.
0: Which means, you know, maybe he will uh belt out longer he so long really of the song.
1: <laughs> I really uh went Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole on this one. There is a super cut video online of like a bunch of Stapleton performances and his longest note held in those performances. That's and tremendous. he doesn't like extrapolate notes very often. He'll oh. hit really, really high and really, really low, but he'll come like right back to the octave. And I know that's crazy <laughs> that I'm breaking
0: it down this much, but that's why I went with under. <laughs> so, I that mean, that's. That's a solid, solid to dive into that rabbit hole, because right now the over is two minutes and five seconds, which is fairly it's long. Huge. Yeah. And it's the over is at minus one eighty five. That's a long it's going under. Folks. That's that's super high odds. And then the under is plus one forty. Um, Your choice is under. Jason said over. Cass said over. So we got a couple overs there. Tim said over. I'm going with you and under with the value here at plus one forty. Absolutely. And, and I think, Chris Stapleton getting to I think Chris
1: being the 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 man's man that he is is gonna want to get off
0: that stage and, and start drinking and watch the game. Fair enough. And getting to the high octaves and just cutting it. No need to just extend. But <laughs> with that being said, folks, enjoy the Super Bowl. Tell us if you feel you should. I think you should. Matt thinks you should. Let's win some money together. Bet responsibly, of course. Maybe no, don't bet. Let me play within it. Yep. Maybe don't bet on Rihanna songs. But if you do, have fun with it. Uh, Super Bowl boxes, of course. Maybe you'll. Win oh, some of I those. wanted.
1: When we were doing the props, I was supposed to mention like some of the most like bet on the most bet on things in the Super Bowl are absolute. Like people are just yeah. The craziest DG's like heads and tails is one of the top three bets. <laughs> like sure. Rihanna's song sure. is one of the top five bets. It's absolutely people are it's trying nuts. to predict exact score. Like, I think it's 38-33 is 37-34 most... because someone there you someone go. put on like it's Wikipedia a leaked, leaked and said the leak script. script. Yeah, goodness
0: <laughs> gracious. And now it's the, hey, now hey, it's hey.
1: a top five bet that has over a million dollars in play on it.
0: Wild. Wild. So funny, man. I love if I, was... I love gambling. <laughs> If I was going to bet exact score, I'd go 34, 33 Chiefs. Just making that up on the spot. 34, 31. Oh, but now I'm putting the Chiefs at at one. At Yeah, you're putting one point, what I was saying point. earlier. <laughs> oh, I think
1: fun. it's, I think 34, 31, which we're still both hitting that over by over 10 points. Yeah. I think both teams score 30 on each other, though. I'll say that. I think that is a high
0: possibility as well. Well, that being yeah. said, I'm at BrotoFF Mike. Matt, where can they find you? at psych ward ff tim is at brodo FF tim at brodo ff jason at brodo ff casanova um check us out on youtube we are on youtube now you could uh see our faces as we talk you could hear why we randomly got confused at like the 12 minute mark when we were both <laughs> trying to change uh change the camera angles and such but uh yeah check us out on youtube
1: um for all our glorious and lovely yeah. mistakes
0: Thank you to the patrons. If you're not a patron, consider signing up. Patreon.com slash proto Fantasy. As little as $3 a month. Download Fantasy Football by Broto App. And enjoy the Super Bowl, folks. Don't go crazy, you know, betting like thousands of dollars where you don't even enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the Super Bowl, <laughs> please. Um, But yeah, shout out to everyone who listened to us this year. We're officially coming to the end of the season. The Super Bowl really marks the end of the season. But like I said, we have a bunch of Dynasty stuff coming at you afterwards as well and best ball and redraft and all stuff yeah. also for the patreon you get a. Uh, am going to be putting out baseball rankings and such and this week's patron pod behind the scenes is about to be a best ball baseball podcast so you get that for as little as three dollars a month Spring too so. Is so close. yeah pitchers and catchers reporting soon baby but that being said enjoy the super bowl folks much and, love uh, everyone we'll see you next week later